What's up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So I wrote a blog post uh, a little bit ago. It was called Know Your Worth. And in it, I talked about uh, being equipped with particular information on um, negotiating salaries, um, knowing what companies can tell you, what you can ask for, and ways that you can empower yourself as you navigate some of these companies that are out there. So on this episode, I am sitting with producer extraordinaire Bree Wilson. Um, We talked about just that, but we also talked about something right before that. What happens when you apply for a job and you are sitting in limbo phase? There's this weird thing that happens when you apply for jobs and you just sit there. And I think we've gotten to a point where companies and just the way of life, the American way, um, that's acceptable where you can apply for a job and not hear anything back from a potential employer. And I think that as uh, if we want to start to change that, if we want to start to change what the expectation is, um, if we want to to make companies be held accountable, we need to start going in equipped with certain information and a certain mindset uh, when we go through these interviews and when we get the job. So I've had a lot of people coming to me asking me where I find the time and the space to make all of these podcasts happen. Well, I have to thank the folks at Rec Philly. They provide me the space, the equipment, and the networking capacity to make this take off. And it's not just for other podcasts. Other creative individuals use this space as well. We're talking musicians, photographers, anyone that considers themselves a creative individual. So if that's you, head over to Rec Philly. Visit them on Instagram. And if you find yourself wanting a membership, tell them Salah sent you. I think we've all been through a period where we've done a little bit of job hunting and the weird limbo phase of like what the hell is going on either we submitted an application and it goes probably in the garbage or we've submitted an application then the interview and then silence talk about it that awful silence yeah. okay so i'm looking for a new job and basically just the the process is just it's so scary and tedious just you know going in applying online you know i i go through indeed and and all those career websites um Mm -hmm. and you know i could send out maybe maybe say i send out like 20 applications a day right i'll hear back from no one (laughs) from no one and when you do hear back from someone you don't know if you're going to get an interview. If you do get an interview, then it's just like, okay, well, what's going on after that? You, sometimes you hear back from people. Sometimes you don't. It's just, it's kind of a miserable experience. <laughs> it, it really is because it, you know, we, I, I recall like maybe like a few years ago on Facebook, First of all, I'm all into the Facebook memes, uh, but it was a it was a meme on Facebook basically talking about that specifically on how you you apply for a job. And first of all, they want you to have for entry level positions, which a lot of uh, uh, especially people that are either leaving um, their particular field and going to a new field or leaving uh, college and trying to make their way into the workforce you're applying for these entry-level positions, but they want you to have bachelor's, master's degree, 
four or five years experience and then we'll pay you $15 an hour. Like what? That's the thing that kills me. That that is a, a problem in itself already. But then you're applying and it's I, I think there's this this notion that companies they they want people they like you should be grateful that there's this job available, not that I should also as a company be selling myself to potential candidates. And I think that's like gets lost in into a lot of uh, of how people um, apply for jobs, and it's become like the norm where that's just acceptable. Right. You know, it's it's funny that you say that because I I've found that going on interviews, a lot of times it doesn't necessarily seem like the company is trying to sell themselves to you. Right. It's always the opposite. It's right. like, and I think that we go into interviews. Um, with that mentality that we're trying to sell ourselves to them. Yeah, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. The last uh, interview that I went on was actually one of the first times that I had someone say, oh, you know, did I just say something to scare you away? Or I hope I didn't just say something to scare you away. And I was taken aback by it. I was like, oh, oh okay, well, <laughs> oh, you mean... You actually you're, care about yeah, my, yeah. my opinion of you and the company that I'm working yeah, for, possibly yeah. working for? it's a rare occurrence but you know i appreciated it i don't even know when that took place or when there was that switch where um you know like i said there's this this uh, dynamic where companies believe you should be grateful for just having a job as a manager i've actually had this conversation with my you know counterparts where you know the one thing that they always say into the back room especially about the terrible employees there are thousands of people out there that want a job yeah, but they're not in here and you got the terrible people. So <laughs> like that, that says one, a few things about your, your style, but that also says a lot about, you know, people aren't just lining up and knocking down doors to, to get a job. Like you, you should be as a company, you should be held to some type of standard and accountability on how you treat employees, the type of work environment you create, you know, you know, eco representation, all of that kind of stuff that, you know, we've talked about on previous episodes of the podcast that should be taken into the workforce and taken into account. So let's talk about your most recent experience. What, what took place? Okay. So my most recent experience. So I applied for a position in a field that I already worked in and in my past and basically the position um i'm overqualified for um it it would actually be um me taking a step backwards i also knew the manager that i was interviewing with and i also knew the hr manager so i'm like going into this and i'm like okay this is this is this is gonna be good like i'm i'm comfortable the interview went really well. I really like the the um, the company and the direction that they are going in. And at the end of the interview, I was told, "Oh, you know, I uh, you got you'll hear back from me uh, in in a week or next week or something like that." And I was like, "Okay," and I left totally confident, like, "Yes, I think I got this job. I feel good about this." And the next week came and went and nothing and nothing. Mm. And man, when I say the, the feeling that I have been sitting around with ever since that week came in and went and 
I just was just devastated. I was just like, I don't understand. Like they said that, that, you know, they would give me a call back next week and, and I haven't heard anything. And I'm not like, I'm, I'm not one of those people that when I don't hear back, I won't reach out. I think a lot of people are scared to reach out. I do reach out. Um, I will wait a little bit before I do, but I give, I gave them a call and I was like, you know, I'm just checking on the status of my application, you know, like, Hey, (laughs) I'm still waiting. Haven't heard back from you. Um, and I didn't hear back, um, later on that day and I didn't hear back the next day and the weekend passed. And at this point it's like, what, like eight, eight or nine days have passed or, 10 days, something like that. And I'm just like, man, like nothing, like I'm, I'm not hearing anything. No one's getting back to me. So, um, eventually I, I talked to a friend about it and she was like, you know, um, did you reach out? And I said, yeah, I called, I, I left a, a voicemail and I said, you think I should email them? And, and she was like, yeah, yeah. Send an email, shot her an email. And within like five minutes, she got back to me and was like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you, but, you know, we'd like you to interview with so-and-so also, but he's out of town. And, oh, okay, sigh of relief. But I realized in that moment that that, that I, I feel like the not getting back to people and kind of putting that the applicant on hold, that's become the norm. Yeah, and it definitely has. It's it's unfortunate. It, it definitely has. And you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, we go into, we, it's, it starts prior to that, right? Like it, it starts with us going into the, the interview. It starts with the interview process and the expectation that's created in the interview. The dynamic between uh, applicant and employer is one of why do you want to work here versus is this the right fit for both of us? And you start the relationship off on that footing. Even if you do eventually get the job, you are hired, and a year from now, that dynamic continues to exist of what are you doing for me? Not, is this the right place for both of us? You know, right? Like, is this the right company for you? Are we setting and and taking up for our employees the way we should be? Are we providing, you know, basic things like, you know, safe work conditions and proper time off and proper pay and all of those things that, you know, individuals need to, to, to work it more. So just like, let's just kind of cover some basics, but you have a laundry list of expectations for you as the, as an employee, how do we change some of these companies from having that expectation on us as we going through the interview process? How do, what are some things that we can try to overcome within ourselves as we go through that process. Um, I think one of the things that I've I've done personally when I've gone into different like interviews, job interviews, you know, I I flat out and say because I I come with a, a certain level of experience, and I'll say you know I, I'm you know I'm I'm selling myself to you, but I'm also making sure that this is the right fit for me as well. And I think that is one, it's empowering to be able to say that in an interview, not in a demeaning or insulting or dismissive way, but it also lets them know that I have choices, <laughs> you know, there's, right. there's other places to work. There could possibly be better places to work. Let me know if this is a good place for me to be. So I think that 
one of the first things that applicants always need to do is go in confident, like know your your worth. If if you're applying for a job that is part of the field that you want to be in or part of the career that you want to be in and you do have uh, some type of experience, let that be known mm-hmm. and go into it knowing that you can back up everything that you're saying and everything that you're doing. You have you have that background. One thing that I always do when I go into an interview is I tend to ask questions, even though, you know, most most employers will say, you know, do you have any questions? I always ask questions. But one of the main questions that I ask, I ask questions to find out how that company treats its employees, Hmm. because I found that the with the many jobs that I've had, if you're working for a company that does not treat their employees well and does not have kind of like a family based mentality when it comes to their employees, forget it. Like it's it's going to be a terrible job. And if that's the case, you shouldn't even want to work there to begin with. I completely agree, because like I said, being a manager in a number of different fields, the one thing that I always have Uh, said to all of my employees is creating that family environment is so essential because you're spending more time at work than you are at home, right? Like you're spending more time at work when you're working a full-time job. So to, to have a feeling of, Oh, I'm going to work today. or I don't want to be there or, you know, having such regrets. And that doesn't mean like you got to be jumping for joy when you're going to work. Um, or you, you gotta be, you know, skipping every day you going in and sad that you're leaving. Um, but like it, there should be some type of positive dynamic set within the workplace. And, you know, if, if companies and if you're manager directly, because a lot of times it's not necessarily the company could be that the structure within management, the structure within leadership. If that's not the case, you should probably either not accept a job. Accept the job if you have to, because we all know that's the case, uh, given, you know, how pay is right now and and how flexible, uh, um, you know, or inflexible some companies are being when it comes to how they treat their employees. But know that you won't be there long and you'll need to find a better place to work because I think that's another part of this that gets, you know, sometimes overlooked is. Yeah, it's easy to say, you know what, this isn't a good place to work for me, but I also need to pay bills and I also need to take care of my family and kids and I got loans and I got all of this that I got to pay for or medical bills, whatever the case may be. So you got to take those odd jobs or those uh, um, tough jobs with those ungrateful bosses and companies. But just know in the back of your mind, this ain't this ain't the place for me. This right. is not the place for me. I wouldn't recommend anybody working here. Like, this is just, ugh. That's that's some of the things that I think people can do in the interview with when it comes to just, you know, using that power, using that space to, to affirm that, like, you have those choices. But, you know, the other side of that is that that weird limbo period, right? Like, you, you've applied, you've gotten the interview, and now it's been a week and you haven't heard anything and... and and you you are waiting and you know one of the things that like we've talked about is it's another like it's a sign that's a sign that that's not either the best company to work for 
or the best leadership to work under because they are not prioritizing the people that they interact with. And it's not a breaking point. You know, not that don't want to say that like, oh, if they don't call you back for a job, run for the hills. That's not it. But it's certainly a sign. And it's one of the first signs you can get when you're going into some of these uh, companies. Yeah, um, you definitely need to pay attention to stuff like that. I mean, in the end, uh, we we have to acknowledge that we are just dealing with other human beings, you know, so there's there's always going to be. Um, a possibility that you know something came up, or you know there's some, something happened, or or the person really is like too busy, or something. Who knows? But that's when you that's when you reach out. You know that's that's when you know if they say, "I'll you'll hear back from me by so and so date," and you haven't heard anything, that's when you make a phone call. And there's nothing wrong with it. When I was talking to my friend about it. And I had said that, you know, I had already called and said, you know, should I email? She was like, (laughs) her response was really funny, actually. She was like, okay, so we're talking about a job, not like a boyfriend or something like that. So don't worry about seeming like a crazy stalker. (laughs) Like You actually, if you continuously reach out, it comes more across as you being enthusiastic and not necessarily a crazy person. Now... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, there is still a line. Okay, yeah. No, I'm not saying, you so, know, call like <laughs> three times a day and then send like 10 emails. Okay, because now you're acting like a lunatic. There are some crazy <laughs> applicants out there. Man, I can definitely remember some people would. I would, Some people will come in. They would walk in and go, I'm here to apply for a job. I tell them to apply online. They apply online. And next thing you know, I'm getting a call every single day. Yeah, no. Don't do that. No, that is definitely not do a not. thing you should ever do with any company. <laughs> you will most likely be completely ignored. However, if you want to follow up with an application, it's okay to do that, you know, one time. If you, especially if it's not been if you've not gotten the interview. But if you've gotten the interview and if you've not heard heard any feedback, you know, follow up. Follow up. Not and and let's talk about what that follow up sounds like, right? So, it's been a week you have not heard back about the position you applied for. What type of things you, you should be uh, saying when you do have that, uh, make that phone call? So my, um, my go-to, <laughs> and I definitely have a go-to, is that I am checking up on the status of my application. 99% of the time when I've done a callback, I am talking to a voicemail. <laughs> yep. uh, and I... I rarely actually get a person, but that's basically what I'm doing. I, I'm just trying to find out, you know, what's, uh, where we are in the process, um, since we've had the interview and I haven't heard back the second thing that I did with the email. Now the email was different. I actually said, even if I, if I did not get the job, I would like to get some feedback or some constructive criticism because I kind of felt like, you know, if if I didn't get the job, I would like to know why. And that's a that's a really good thing. You never know later down the line because you didn't get the job today that you can get a similar job or or a position with that company tomorrow. You know, so keeping a positive uh, interaction is always a plus. Yeah, it could be certainly annoying that they didn't call you back immediately 
Um, and again, it's not a immediate run for the hills. This is a bad company. It's a sign. Um, but you you have tools that are there. It's just learning how to use them. I think one of the things that I've done in the past when uh, like if I've not heard back from if I've not heard back from an employer about a job is, is I've you know, I've, I've gone straight to the email. Right. Instead of doing the phone call, because sometimes the phone call, you know, I, people are awkward. <laughs> even yeah. like le- managers leaders like they're awkward they don't you know they they're they shy away from uh direct criticism when it's verbal uh or especially when it's face to face um so i've reached out straight to email with the follow-up of uh just wanted to follow up with, about my application um thank you for the interview thank you for giving me the opportunity um it's been a while so i assume you've gone to another candidate what are some things that would have made me a better fit um, for the position? And, you know, again, always looking for a constructive criticism, constructive feedback, wrapping that up. Um, that does not sound, that was not rehearsed. I just did that off the, off the top oh, of my okay. head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, the idea is is you're, you're thanking them. You're not sounding like you're pushing them. You are just finding a way to find some type of, resolution to your to your application but also a way moving forward and it doesn't doesn't hurt to do that and like you said how soon did they uh respond back to you literally like five minutes later (laughs) and 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 like i said it's 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 so much easier to type an email when and something like that than it is to like oh my god they're calling and i i don't know what's going on with their application or i'm waiting to hear back from this person or i I didn't really like them i don't want to talk to them again the, the email is such a good way of wrapping things up or just a point of contact in those awkward moments when you're still trying to hear back. And I, I just want to go back to one thing you said, which kind of ties into this a little bit uh, about knowing your worth. That That's such an important part of this process, because, again, as you start to if you do get the job and you working for this company, if you don't know your worth, if you don't know and understand the value that you bring and and ensure that the company also knows that, there's going to be so many opportunities, whether intentional or unintentional, for these these managers and leaders and companies to take advantage of you as an employee, um, whether that is an unreasonable expectation on uh, working hours and shifts unequal pay, you know, giving you a salary lower than the position, the person that may have just left that position, even though you both have the same experience or background, not being paid the same as counterparts that's doing the exact same job and and at, at the same location or a similar location. I wrote a blog post about this, and that's why I wanted to circle back to it about it's actually it's called Know Your Worth. And we talk about just that, where uh, I ended up getting a position um, from someone who was leaving the company. And I was getting paid like twice as much as they were um, when they left the company and I was replacing them. I was doing their job and it you know, didn't require that much more experience um, to do it. But, you know, it's all about knowing your worth and how to leverage that. So what's what are some of the ways you can make sure that the company knows your worth? Is that something you've uh, you've thought about um, when you're going to, to new companies or as you are within a company? I research before the interview. I research before um, I go in there to 
sell myself, I also feel like they need to sell themselves to me. So I need to know exactly what it is that I'm dealing with. So I am notorious for going on Glassdoor and seeing, okay, this is the position that I'm applying for. How much is the average that it, it pays? What, or I'll go on Glassdoor and I'll, I'll see what people's feedback is about the position or people that have had it in the past or something like that, or people that have worked for the company. Do your research. I think that's like one of the, the easiest ways to make sure that the job that you're applying for is a good fit and that you can go in with complete and total confidence. Uh, Glassdoor is a good good website to see what, not just what that position pays within that company, um, but also competitively uh, for across the board within other companies, what that position pays. And that's that's such a useful tool for, for employees applying for all of these other jobs. But another one is also Indeed. So Indeed allows for former and current employees to put reviews of their companies. And I'm telling you guys, go on <laughs> Indeed and read some of these reviews about these companies. They are bad. Um, I even there was a there was a job that I applied for and I got I didn't end up taking it because I looked at uh, I looked at some of the reviews on Indeed and, you know, they had a lot of like good reviews, like a lot of good reviews. And but they they had just as much equally as bad reviews. So I started looking into the bad reviews because like that doesn't make sense. Right. Like if you get 100 reviews, 50 shouldn't be excellent and 50 shouldn't be bad. Like there should be a progression there. And what I started reading in the bad reviews is that they were making their employees go on Indeed to put in good reviews. Wow. And it was like, I was like, wow. I was like, <laughs> that's so insane. Um, I, like, one, did you think that that wouldn't go unnoticed? Like, eventually those employees will leave and they will say that they you made them do this review. So, like, go on Indeed, y'all. Read what some of these companies um, are, are out there doing. And what empl- former employees, some of them may be disgruntled. So use your best judgment. Uh, take it into consideration some of the things that they're saying. Uh, but the bad reviews are out there, y'all. Now, there is another there's this is probably one of the most important tools out there, especially when it comes to the pay situation. Companies cannot hide generic salary information for people doing similar positions, for example. Right. You and I are doing the same job um, or similar job. Right. In a similar location, similar amounts of workload and all that. They can't tell me exactly what you're making, but they can tell me the range of pay for Mm. the position that I hold. And that's so important. Right. Because if the low end of that position is 13 and the high end is 25 and I'm making 1350, I, I should be able to know what the high is for that position so that I know I'm negotiating in the right way. Those are some tools that you can use to make sure that you're negotiating salary. And that goes for uh, if you haven't got the job yet, if you're negotiating salary before you get the job or when you get the job as well. They cannot hide that information from you, especially when they're offering you a salary. If you ask that and they don't give it to you or if they beat around a bush and you know, try to play dumb or coy, run. That, that is the sign <laughs> that you need to run for the hills because they are looking to pay you inadequately. That's a sure sign that they are looking to pay you inadequately. Oh, that's 
back up for a second and even like discuss how that's something that needs to be done most of the time. You need to go in and be able to talk about the pay. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are scared to do that. And honestly, I'm one of those, a lot of people, I get very nervous. But um, as I've gotten older, I've become a little more comfortable. But I do know that a lot of people are scared to to talk about pay. And then, you know, when, when someone say you get the job, um, and they say, Okay, well, we're gonna pay you $13 an hour, a lot of people will sit there and and say, oh, okay, know that you can actually negotiate. You you can talk about that. You don't necessarily have to accept that pay. Now, don't don't be a lunatic and, you know, be told, oh, okay, it's $13 an hour. And you're like, well, I think that I'm worth 35. Okay, well, now you're probably not going to get the job. (laughs) But yeah, you need to be able to to talk about what you're going to be paid. What ends up happening is, is, and I don't, I, again, I, I can't say it's necessarily purposeful that these companies are doing this or purposeful within the leadership, but uh, no, I take that back. It is purposeful. Women are specifically paid less in these situations. Uh, maybe that's because women don't, you know, there, there's an expectation that women can't be as vocal um, because there's a negative stigma that comes uh, with it and associated with that, right? Like if a man goes in and he's hardline in a negotiating salary, it's kind of to be expected. But if a woman does it, oh, she's just a nasty bitch. And like, right. you know, so no, no, you have that power to do that. Like you should be doing that. And any company that tries to dissuade you from doing that, run for the hills. They are not trying to pay you adequately. They're looking for ways that they can take advantage of you. And it's not the place that you want to work. Um, not at all. Um, another uh, uh, thing, employers cannot tell you you can't share your salary information. You can share your conditions of employment with any and everybody you want. They cannot hold you accountable of it at all. And I say that. And, and the reason why I say conditions of employment, because everything that falls under conditions of employment our salary information, vacation time, scheduling, and write-ups. They cannot tell you you can't discuss that information. That is your information. It belongs to you. You can share it and talk about it as much as you like. I have a little story to, to tell about uh, that type of situation. I feel like everybody has experienced that. Um, that has that has had a job at some point been told um, after, you know, a, a write up or or a conversation or something that you can't talk about uh, what just happened with other employees or you can't discuss how much you've been paid with or how much you're being paid with other employees. I my very, very first job I had was at Victoria's Secret and King of Prussia Mall. And I remember being told not to discuss your pay. And I was like, okay, no problem. And of course, first of all, let's, let's just uh, admit nobody, nobody listens to that. 
<laughs> Nobody listens to that. Like there, there may be a, a small amount of people that are like, okay, I'm not going to say anything, but most people do not. They go out and they talk about what just happened. Especially they talk- when they are not treated fairly. Right. Right. So I, I recall making friends with the girls that I worked with and I don't know, maybe like months down the line, me and one of my coworkers were talking about how much uh, we got paid. And I think my pay was something like seven fifty or something like that. It was some like terrible amount. My coworker, she had the same amount of experience that I did. And um, she started... I think maybe like a month before I did and she was getting paid like $12 an hour or something like that. And I was so angry. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like why we had the exact same job. We were just salespeople sitting there doing the same thing, folding panties on a table all day. (laughs) Like it, it was infuriating. And from that point on, I was like, oh, never again. Next time somebody says something like, oh, don't talk about how much you're getting paid. I know why you're saying that. And let me let me clarify something really quickly when it comes to talking about your conditions of employment um, and not just pay, which is like that's a again, like you said, if they're telling you not to talk about it, they're trying to take advantage of you. They're hiding something. It may not necessarily be you. But it could be someone else that they're trying to take advantage of. Maybe you're paid more than someone else or someone right. else is paid more than you. Something is happening there. When it comes to talking about your conditions of employment, which, like I said, is your pay, scheduling, write-ups, and vacation time, if it involves another employee, particularly like a write-up or something like that, you can't talk about the thing that involves that other employee. Right. Right? Like you're not permitted to do that because then that goes into – sharing someone else's information. But if it involves you, if it's a write-up where you may have, you know, done something wrong, quote-unquote, or or there's a disagreement about that and you were held accountable for something, you can talk about it until you are blue in the face because it is a condition of your employment. And by law, this is a federal law, they cannot prohibit you from doing so. So know what tools you have. Know your worth, like you said. Know some of these things that you can have as you go into um, job interviews, as you get the job, and as you navigate through some of these uh, companies. One real quick thing before we wrap up. Give me one thing that you would give to someone that's looking for a new job. My one piece of advice. I'm going to stay in in line with what we've been talking about this whole thing my one piece of advice is to to know your worth because if you know your worth that's going to take you in the right path no matter what the job is no matter what the situation is no matter you know what what it is that you're trying to do if you know what you are worth you are going to apply for particular jobs. You're going to, when you, when you get uh, the interview, you're going to interview a certain way. You're going to have confidence. Um, you're going to ask questions. You're going to, to know what to expect. Um, you're going to know how you should be treated as an employee. You're going to know about the company. Uh, knowing knowing your worth is everything. If you go into a job interview or if you apply for a job and you 
are not confident, forget it. Uh, this was a good chat. Thank you, Bree. Um, I think this is good information that uh, people need to kind of take this episode and listen to it a lot. Uh, if you're out there looking for a job um, and you come across some of these issues, or if you get a job and you start to come across these issues, think back to some of the things that was mentioned on here. Know your worth. Know what you can share as an employee. Um, know all of these things so that you're not being taken advantage of and you can start to fight against some of these uh, companies out there. So thank you, Bryn. Thank you. All right. I want to thank Bree Wilson again for sitting with me on the podcast today, talking about your worth, talking about some things that you can be equipped with as you uh, navigate interviews and uh, career path. Um, as always, you can uh, go to salascorner.com to check out my latest blog post. Um, we are always looking for ways to grow this platform. So if you have anything you'd like to share with us, if you have something that you're working on creatively and you want to get out there, email me at realtalk at salascorner.com. Salas Corner is recorded out of Rec Philly. It's a space for creative individuals. It's produced by Bree Wilson, producer extraordinaire, with music by Prod by Delgado. You can find more of my stuff at salascorner.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Salas Corner.